0: Welcome to Startup Nation Voices, a podcast of Startup Nation Mentorship and the World Jewish Congress. Startup Nation Mentorship pairs extraordinary college student leaders with top Israeli industry and government mentors. We currently operate on 20 campuses in six continents, and enable students to develop meaningful, lasting relationships with Israelis who are in the center of the dynamic global economy and hub of innovation. In Voices, we bring on top Israeli and international leaders to share a deeper look into their industry and personal background, exploring the importance of mentorship and partnership with Israel. So I'm Justin Shapiro, I'm the co-founder and head of Canada for Startup Nation Mentorship and a medical student at the University of Toronto.
1: My name is Cami Tusi, I'm the COO of Startup Nation Mentorship. I just graduated with a degree of bioengineering from Stanford and I start dental school at Harvard in the fall.
0: And today it's such a privilege we have to welcome Dr. Tarif Bader to this week's episode, up until about a month ago, a few months ago, Dr. Bader served as the IDF's chief medical officer, a position that he filled for the last three years. He specializes in pediatrics and medical management, built multiple master's degrees, and I definitely cannot do his heroic career justice. So I want to turn it over to Dr. Bader to introduce himself and start off maybe by telling us a bit about his career so far.
2: Okay, actually, it's a, it's a, we started with a hard question because it's to it's summarize also almost 30 years in a couple of minutes. But uh, I can say that uh, I'm, uh, I will start with the, with, with, the say, with the saying that I'm very satisfied with the career that I, I, I had, uh, both in the military career and the, and the, military and the medical career. Um, I was graduated from Ben Gurion University in the Negev in Beersheva in 1992. And since I studied before the military, before joining the military, uh, so actually, I, uh, after graduating, I joined the, the military, the medical corps, and uh, a little bit background of myself. I'm um, I'm a member of the Druze community in Israel. Uh, I was born in a, in a small village in the north part of Israel, and uh, as you might know, the Druze uh, citizens in Israel in Israel uh, are uh, uh, joining the military exactly as the as the Jewish. So uh, actually, um, since uh, uh, I have to go to the military and I studied before joining the military, so actually I I served almost all my career uh, as a military physician uh, since 1993 uh, until uh, the late uh, uh, 2020. And uh, I started my career as a a very young uh, physician in one of the battalion, one of the infantry battalion in Gulani. Uh, and uh, I was promoted through the, through the years. Uh, I was in a uh, special ops uh, for a couple of years. Uh, I was promoted to uh, the medical officer of uh, one of the divisions of the Golan Heights. Uh, and, uh, and after that, to the uh, chief medical officer of the Northern Command. And in between, uh, what we do in the military is, uh, is going the, uh, out to the hospitals to do the specialties. And as you mentioned I'm a pediatrician so actually I worked uh, for almost four years uh, in the Western Galilee uh, Hospital in area uh, during that period um, I was choosing to be uh, one of the investigators uh, of the uh, pediatric uh, investigators in, in the, at the at the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda in Maryland uh, for a couple of months uh, and the, the other uh, period that I was in the civilian uh, system, I was the uh, deputy CEO of one of the hospitals for uh, two years. So as you see, I, I, uh, I shared the military uh, professionalism and the civilian, civilian one, and in the military, I reached the highest level of, uh, of military medicine. Uh, I was the commander of the medical corps, uh, as we call it, the surgeon general, uh, for uh, for three, uh, three years, actually, the, 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 that was the highest level, the highest uh, uh, degree, and the, my last position uh, in the military. Uh, and I did that until uh, uh, late September last year. And I mentioned my background, so I'll mention, mention it again. Uh, by becoming the Surgeon General, I was the first uh, Druze officer in Israel to become the, uh, the Surgeon General. So this is uh, in in, in a brief summarize of uh, of my career. Of course, I did a lot of, uh, uh, you mentioned the humanitarian missions. I did a lot of humanitarian missions beside all the missions that I did in the military.
1: To follow up on that, you've, you've done just about everything and been just about everywhere. Which of these roles did you find to be highest impact? Like, did you find to be most personally accomplishing for you?
2: Actually, uh, uh, let's say that uh, commanding the uh, the medical corps, uh, the actually the my the family that I started in the in the early '90s, and uh, and uh, being able to be the commander of this huge and very important um, um, part of the military, it's uh, very satisfying, and I'm very proud of that. Um, I think two, uh, two points that are uh, probably, they are connected together, which are the, the most, uh, not important, but the most, uh, uh, that I feel uh, very proud of, of them. First of all is the, is the humanitarian mission in general. Uh, I was part of uh, a couple of humanitarian missions uh, and I was commanding the uh, humanitarian, two humanitarian missions, one to Nepal, in uh, two thousand and fifteen, actually, these days is uh, six six years uh, for this mission, and the other one is uh, is commanding the, uh, uh, the 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 longest humanitarian mission that the state of Israel did is uh, treating the uh, the Syrians uh, across the hostile border of uh, Israeli uh, the Israeli Syrian. But I think the one who I, who I'm very proud of, probably the most proud of, and the very unique one is that the, the, the picture that you see in the, in the background actually uh, representing the State of Israel uh, in the United Nations uh, in the General Assembly and uh, becoming actually uh, the first and the only uh, officer in the military in general, not in the medical corps, uh, to represent the State of Israel and to, uh, to give uh, um, an, um, um, an assessment. Uh, in the General Assembly, uh, in front of uh, let's say representatives from all the world, I think it's uh, it's amazing.
0: Wow! What, what was it like speaking up there? Uh,
2: they, they asked me if I was uh, uh, very excited when I spoke there. Actually, I was in a uh, how we call it in 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 medicine in a high situation. Uh, you see the people who are going to this uh, stage and, uh, and and talking there. Uh, you see, uh, let's say, leaders from all over the, the world. Uh, you remember the, the most, let's say, important leaders of the, of the nations uh, who are speaking in front of this uh, green wall. And, uh, and you say, oh, I, I'm one of those people who are speaking there. And actually, uh, it was a big honor for me that I was choosing by the, the state of Israel to represent the state of Israel. In this, uh, uh, in this General Assembly, uh, the the item was uh, uh, peacekeepers, and actually, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's because uh, I initiated a collaboration between the medical corps and the United Nations uh, uh, medical uh, uh, system in order to save lives of the peacekeepers. We taught them how to save lives of the peacekeepers. And we, we, we I sent my officers uh, to a couple of places in order to teach them uh, what to do in the first moments of the injury. And by this way, you can save lives. And it was, uh, uh, it was a great honor, as I mentioned, and I think it was one of the greatest moments uh, that I remember as a Surgeon General. Wow.
1: In 2019, I was actually able to go to a Ziv hospital and see some of the Israeli doctors treating Syrians. And it was absolutely unreal being able to witness that. Um, Just to follow up a little bit about you talking about the high speed of response. What is it about Israel that makes the medical service so innovative?
2: I think we are, let's say that we are very prepared, uh, not only for the usual thing, but also for the unusual uh, situations, and I think probably this is one of the strengths that we have as a military, as a military in general, and as a medical uh, medical corps. Uh, especially, uh, we are prepared uh, to go from a, um, a normal situation that we are doing well in the country uh, to uh, to a situation when there is, uh, uh, let's say, problems either in the in the south, in 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 the Gaza border, or in, uh, in Jerusalem, or or in Lebanon, as we, we mentioned, but more than that, we are well prepared to uh, extend the helping hand whenever there is a need for us, not only in our uh, uh, state and in, inside our borders, but also uh, abroad. As as I mentioned, we were in, in Haiti, in, 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 in Nepal, in, 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 in Thailand, in the Philippines, in Japan, in other places, and I think it's very important, and probably this is one of the strengths that we have, uh, the ability not only to give uh, uh, medical uh, treatment for our soldiers, for our citizens, but also to extend hand, a helping hand whenever there is a need. You mentioned the Syrians. It's totally not obvious that uh, you are, uh, uh, you, you are, you, you're having such a humanitarian mission uh, uh, across a hostile border but we are teaching our personnel uh, to extend a helping hand and to treat whomever who need our our help or our uh, our treatment. And actually this is what we did in uh, uh, February 2013 when uh, those seven Syrians uh, came to the border seeking for treatment. Uh, So the innovation that we are talking about is to uh, to try uh, uh, how to eliminate preventable death in the in the in one hand, and how to do the same for all the casualties that we are facing, whether they are uh, soldiers, citizens, or uh, foreigners.
0: Wow, that's really incredible, and it's amazing to hear just about you know these really ethical parts of the job. Um, I'd like to switch gears a bit to you know, something on, that's on top of all of our minds, the COVID pandemic. So what was it like
2: serving Israel during the COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, as I told you, it's uh, we have the ability of, uh, let's say, uh, changing our mode of action according to the situation. And I think this is probably the, the first uh, thing that I did as a Surgeon General when we faced this uh, COVID-19 with one important a difference that actually we are dealing with a new war, with the war that we didn't know before, with a global war. And actually, it's not like a, 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 there is a, an earthquake and then I can go to the, to the books and to the, uh, to the summaries of, uh, of uh, uh, previous uh, humanitarian missions and see what, what, what we have done and what we are going to do. This is totally new. And I think one of the uh, uh, important things when we are dealing with the new uh, issues is uh, to stop for a while, to think and to decide the, uh, uh, the way of action according to the new situation. And it wasn't, it wasn't easy because as you might know, uh, Israel is, is, is all the time in hurry. It's, it's all the time, it's, you, you have to do things very, very, very quickly. And it's, uh, at the beginning, it wasn't easy for me to say to my commanders, hello, wait a minute, we have to uh, we have to slow down. We have to learn what is happening there. We have to learn what are the things that we have to, to deal with and what is the advantage of the military on the uh, civilian system. And I think one of the lessons we learned from our humanitarian mission is collaboration. And I think we, we have... Uh, this collaboration inside the country and outside the country. I can tell you that I had a lot of uh, Zoom calls and uh, consultations with my colleagues abroad, uh, learning from the learning and teaching. Of course, uh, let's say changing ideas with uh, uh, with uh, with physicians from uh, from Italy, uh, from China, from the States, from Canada, from Germany. So it was very important for us to share the knowledge. Uh, of what is known about uh, uh, this pandemic, uh, it, it was totally new. And I can tell you that part of the things, probably a lot of things, we did it first, and we taught the others what what to do. And again, the collaboration between the military and the civilian system was one of the cornerstones that we uh, uh, we dealt with.
1: I, I guess just more concretely, it's amazing to hear about the collaboration. What specifically, the, the entire world is looking at Israel, right? Especially in regards to how Israel is handling the pandemic. It's on news sources everywhere. What's a concrete lesson that, that you think the world most gained from Israel and, and Israel's response?
2: Even though I was uh, in the military for, for almost 30 years, uh, we have to, uh, to understand that military alone is not uh, enough uh, to deal with this, uh, this pandemic. Uh, probably one of the advantage of, of Israel is uh, the very strong and established uh, and sp- uh, um, spread uh, HMOs. It's, uh, the HMOs is the, uh, the health, um, um, actually the health companies that actually all the citizens are insured in one of the four HMOs that they, we have in Israel. And I think the fact that uh, every citizen and every, uh, in, in either town or village or whatever, is there are um, a, a clinic of one of the HMOs at least, and the ability of the state of Israel, of the, of the physicians, of the, care, uh, of the caregivers to reach almost everyone, I think it's one of the strengths of the state of Israel. Uh, and probably, and it's not a secret, that the, um, uh, the involvement of the leaders in Israel was very important. It's not easy to buy uh, that amount of uh, of vaccinations, for example. Because let's let's put on the things on the on the, on the table and, uh, and 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 uh, and uh, uh, talk directly. Uh, all the things that we did before the vaccination was nice, but I think the uh, uh, the the real solution was the vaccination. And the ability of the state of Israel, not only to buy these vaccinations, but also to uh, ensure that until now we have more than uh, uh, 5 million uh, inhabitants, citizens, that are vaccinated for two doses. So not only buying these vaccinations, but also the ability to uh, to do what we have to do in a very small, short time, I think this is, this is one of the advantages. And I, I, mentioned, I mentioned the military. I think the military uh, did a lot of things. We can uh, uh, talk, talk about that later. But uh, uh, the fact that the state of Israel knew that whenever there is a need for us as soldiers, as medical corps, and as home front command, we were there.
0: That's really, really incredible. And you know, you're very involved in the world of healthcare at large. What do you think are some of the most exciting developments going on in the world of healthcare right now?
2: Uh, let's say that uh, um, the fact that we are uh, looking about the, the problems and trying to find the solutions, I think it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, because let's say that uh, a year and a half uh, ago, no one talked about uh, uh, vaccinations to COVID-19. And I think the ability of the, of the people all around the world to uh, recognize the problem and to try to find the solution and I mentioned the word collaboration, it's much more strong than word. It's not only the word. I think the the, the, the collaboration itself, I think it probably, uh, let's say that uh, we have to, uh, to differentiate between collaboration and competition. And sometimes we are more uh, uh, dealing with competition and, and less with, with collaboration, And I think when the world is facing a new and actually is a threatening problem, I think we have to talk more about collaboration and less about competing.
1: I love it. A trickier question. A lot of countries around the world, there's a lack of education and people aren't willing to get vaccinated, even though the vaccine is accessible. What do you think it is about Israelis or the Israeli culture that makes people trust in the healthcare system and, and makes people want to be vaccinated?
2: It, it, let's say it's, uh, it wasn't so easy at the beginning to convince the people to, uh, to go to, to, to get vaccinations. Uh, I can tell you that uh, I dealt uh, personally with uh, uh, with a lot of populations that they, in the beginning they, they were very skeptic and even refused have to, to get vaccination, uh, I mentioned the leadership. I think it's very important uh, for the people to uh, to recognize who are the people who are the uh, the people who can who have the influence. I can tell you personally, I uh, I went from one place to the other place, and I'm not the most strongest uh, influencer. But I think it's very important uh, for people to uh, to uh, recognize who are the people that can uh, um, uh, affect the others and uh, i think one another thing is to put things on the table to be um, uh, let's say uh, not to hide any any information it's very important to tell the truth and whenever you trust for example your physician and your physician tell you it's okay to get the vaccination, and he or she personally get the vaccination. It's very important. I can tell you that uh, uh, at the, when we started this uh, uh, this operation of the vaccination for the COVID, uh, it was very important for the for the for the people to see uh, the leaders uh, having the vaccination. So you saw the prime minister, you saw the president, you saw the uh, the chief of staff, uh, you saw uh, probably not not you but others uh, saw me and uh, and other people uh, who got the vaccination and i think it gave the people a sense of okay it's safe so if they are taking the vaccination we can take the vaccination and uh, uh, again uh, in, in in part of the population it wasn't easy and i think what we did is to recognize which uh, populations are let's say much a, a little bit hard to reach, of these vaccinations, and to try to concentrate our uh, uh, our powers to to convince them to have the vaccination. Let's say we are talking about the uh, the our population. For the Arab population, for example, uh, we have to convince them much more uh, to get the vaccination. And uh, uh, I can tell you that uh, uh, let's say that they started a little bit later. But later on, they, uh, they reach the, uh, the the normal numbers of the people who, who get the vaccination in the in the city in the in the in the country. Wow!
0: And it's it's so incredible here about the response. It's something that everyone, you know, people who don't really even know much about Israel, have been talking about. Even you know in Canada where I am, or in the United States where Cami is. But what would you say going forward is going to be the key to making sure that Israel keeps leading the world in terms of you know reopening and, and also even maybe you know procuring vaccines for uh, future barriers.
2: Look, it's it's not it's not an easy uh, situation because actually we uh, I think one of the we are talking about the post COVID uh, situation and we are talking sometimes about the uh, neurological uh, effects or probably the uh, fertility or infertility or, or, or the, I think one of the post COVID uh, effects uh, is the economical effect and I think uh, one of the things that we saw here. A lot of people who uh, were out of their works, and um, and actually it's it's not easy. So you have to uh, to make the balance between the medical decisions uh, and the decisions, that, let's say that uh, the general decisions. Uh, so even the reopening, uh, you have to do it uh, with uh, 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 with s- probably with small and smart steps. Uh, that means to, uh, um, to, dis- to to make a to make a change, and to see what this change can cause uh, two or three weeks later, and then this to decide again. It's not a, a totally re- reopening of of all the uh, of all the country, but you have to make it a little bit. Uh, uh, let's say that you have to to to, to have it very uh, uh, to be sure that the steps that you are doing. Uh, are very um, uh, or the influence of these steps are not uh, uh, destroying the uh, what what you got uh, earlier, uh, and uh, I can tell you that at this point it wasn't so easy for the physicians, for example, who are who were the consultants uh, uh, for the, uh, for the leaders, because actually uh, finally uh, the ones who decide are the leaders, not the physicians. Uh, it doesn't matter if you are in the military and then uh, the surgeon general can al- only consult the chief of staff, but the one who decides is the chief of staff. Uh, again here, uh, uh, the prime minister and the ministers who would decide, but they are relying on the, uh, 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 on what the physicians are, are telling them.
1: Dr. Rader, it was such an honor for us to be able to get to hear from you and talk to you. I think. If it were up to us, Justin and I would be here asking you questions all day, that's for sure. Um, thank you so much for joining us, for sharing us a little bit about your life and also about Israel and healthcare in Israel and how it's progressing and, and leading the way. I think all eyes on the moment are in Israel healthcare, that's for sure. Uh, so thank you very, very much. And we really enjoyed getting to speak to you.
2: And next time, we hope to see you in Israel very soon. <laughs> Wonderful. I'll be here. Thank you very much, and uh, good luck for both of you. And uh, I'm here whenever you need uh, something. And uh, I think it's uh, it's uh, it's it's very important to share the knowledge, uh, to share the experience, uh, and uh, good luck for both of you.